Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Well, I'm, uh, I'm extremely excited about this week. Um, I, I'm one of those that's, ex- like, I love the holiday season, Christmas and all the stuff. I was raised that way first off, but I know there's a lot of people that kind of have, yeah, very raised that way. Uh, but I was, but, but I, I, I hate, I, I don't like to hear when people are, you know, so anti this and anti that when it comes to stuff, because I just feel like this time of year is so representative of the kingdom. You know, it just has such a, such a feel, and, and who cares, like, timelines, and this wasn't right, and this was in nitpicky, this is how this was founded, or whatever else, like, my heart is, like, Thanksgiving, like, I'm so excited, I'm so excited about Christmas, and, and just the, the family feel, the love, the giving, the heart, there's, a, there's something in the air in this time. You know, there really is because everybody has a heart, whether it's, it's on, focused directly on Yahweh or whatever it might, but they, they, without even maybe knowing it, they're manifesting qualities of the kingdom. And I just, I, I just love the feeling at this time of year. I, I really do. And I've, and I've been so stirred uh, about, about Thanksgiving. I think that, I think that this year is extremely unique for this family. Because if you think about where we were last Thanksgiving, sometimes Thanksgiving is produced by just remembering. You know what I mean? And it's pretty easy for us. But what I remember is not, man, how terrible everything was and how difficult everything was. What I, what I really remember about last Thanksgiving was this. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Like, I, I remember... I remember my heart in that time. I remember your heart in that time. I remember being under the pole barn at that time. I remember sharing food together. I remember the feeling, the, uh, the response of thanksgiving. That's really what I, when I, when I recount, but I mean, I, but I know how terrible, like it, it is, it is good for this year to think about how far we've come, to think about where we were just individually, uh, collectively, whatever, and, and now where we are today. And we're not there yet. I know so many people, the church especially included, I, I'd like to say if, if you, you need somebody else to pray for, pray for us here because there's a, there's a, we're like you butt up against insurance, we're butting up against things too. I mean, Deborah works tirelessly, ty, tirelessly to, to, to make some things happen here and to, to push some things through and to help us you know, restore some things and build and do some stuff. We're not in a hurry, but it's, it, it's a natural frustration, things that we have to deal with. So, so we, we're, we're in prayer against those, some of those things and, and uh, ask that you just pray for us here and pray for her, help, help her um, to just use wisdom in every way that she goes. And, um, but, but so we're not completely there, but how far we've come is absolutely incredible. It's miraculous if I really, really think about it. Because whether you believe it or not, we didn't have the resources to just make something happen. You know what I mean? Like, we're not just like, it's just no big deal. Money's just coming in and we just, bam, this is what we're going to do. And I also don't have the wisdom to make the right decisions. Naturally have a wisdom in saying like, this is the route we're going to go. And I'm going to be firm in that and do this. Like, Holy Spirit got us to where we are. And so I'm so thankful that, he, that he's directed us and guided us as a family uh, to, to this point here. But what I'm really, really stirred about it is, is that in a day, in a moment of circumstance, there was thanksgiving. So remember we talked about some last week, that there's so many scriptures that, that, that make mention of bring joy. In Isaiah 35, it says that the people brought joy and he blessed that with a greater measure of joy. That scripture that we always read, be anxious for nothing, it starts with being anxious for nothing. Before there was an answer, answer there, was a, there was at least a measure of you need to bring 
anxiety and give that off to him and be anxious for nothing. And that comes through the prayer and the supplication with thanksgiving and then peace. So I would say the opposite of anxiety would be peace. So you bring a measure of peace and you get peace. And it's, it's, it's funny, there's multiple things in, in the scripture that talk about this bringing, and, it, and I, it goes to that first the natural, then the spiritual. That there is, Ben talked about this morning when he was singing, he, he, he talked about it's not just all on him. Like he could do that, he could just make things happen, right? He's Yahweh, obviously. But how he designed us and created us in his image is that there's an element that we bring in the natural to open a gate into the spirit world, into heaven. And I just think about, it says, uh, you know, we, we, there's so many people that just are so focused. Well, I'm going to sit and I'm going to hear the will of God. Got to find the will of God for my life. Because if I could find the will of God and I could walk in the will of God, then man, whew, I'm going to tell you what, the will of God. And it's this, it's, it's this powerful thing because if you think about it, the other scripture we talk about, be ye not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we might see the perfect will of Yahweh. Okay, so I literally have to be transformed and conformed and changed and I have to renew my mind and do all these kinds of things in order just to get to the will of God. So it must be powerful. What, it, it's big, it's huge. And so we, what, what's the will of God? And then teach me how to pray, Yeshua. Our Father who, out in, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, come so that thy will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. So again, we're talking about the will and we're talking about heaven and we're talking about earth and we're talking about the responsibility and, and Yahweh's will and all of these things. And it's, it can get so heavy and it can get so burdensome and it's, it's what causes a lot of people to miss the mark and go another way. I can't find the will of God. What's the will of God? What is it, Eva? I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but see, this is what I think is beautiful about the kingdom and what is beautiful about my father is that some of the things that you think are so vast and so big and so powerful and so unattainable, in some ways they are. It's so big and glory-filled, glory but he, it's his heart that we get it. And you read stuff like this in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, and he says this. This is a scripture last year during Thanksgiving that changed my life. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually, continually, meaning be in communion always. Be in relationship always. So, pr so pray continually. And be thankful in every circumstance. Why? For this is the will of Yahweh for your life in Yeshua the Christ. Hold up. Nah, nah. On earth as it is in heaven, the will of God. Be thankful. Be thank, rejoice always. Because what you're doing is recognizing a different realm than the one you're in right now. You are now producing hope, which is tikva. We talk about this as the, 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 that's the Hebrew word that means a rope or a cord. And they would describe this. And when David said stuff like, my hope is in, the, be quiet, my soul, my hope is in Yahweh, is he saying that I am a cord connected. My hope is connected to heaven. That there's a connection here and I'm not going to be swayed by what's all around me. Instead, I'm going to sit in a thankful heart. I'm going to have hope. And it produces this amazing thing because it starts to say everything, everything, like cancer isn't in heaven, right? Like, like anxiety is not in heaven. 
And he says that it is that what, what his will is that we bring heaven to earth. And how do we bring that? It's by being seated in thanksgiving. Could it be? Could it be that simple? Thank you. It is. It is that simple. Otherwise, this book is not infallible and it's not true and there's not things. We need to read these things and see. He says, the scripture says, rejoice always. Pray continually. And in every circumstance, be thankful for this is the will of Yahweh for your life. Do you, what do you want to do? What, what's the purpose? Do I do this? Do I buy this? Do I, do, I, do I need to sow into this? I don't care as long as you're seated in thanksgiving. Is this the will? No, the will is thanksgiving. If we could just ponder for a second. My message this morning has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. It's just something genuinely. (laughs) Something genuinely I'm feeling in my heart. That I just think we're in an uncommon time. that, That because of something that we did a year ago in Thanksgiving. Is opening wide a gate to today. And by no means are we there, but I am so thankful for where we've come. See, I brought an element of thanksgiving when there was no time. There wasn't this building. There was a pole barn, which we rejoiced in. A lot of rain, a lot of cold, and a lot of misery, and a lot of people crying. Do you realize that this time, like, we don't talk a ton about the storm anymore? Because eventually that's just going to kind of trickle away, I believe. It's not going to be. But I, but I will always remember the moment. And I remember this, that there are people that lost their lives, not just in the storm. I'm talking about afterwards. Because hopelessness started to run rampant in a county that was declaring. You remember we were declaring hope? Against suicide. Some of the biggest killers in that hurricane was the fact that people committed suicide after the fact. What happened? Yahweh, you said hope. What's going on? I said thanksgiving. (laughs) My will for you is that in every single circumstance, you stay seated in thanksgiving. It's powerful, man. If we get that right there. If you come into any circumstance and you can just stay right there in Thanksgiving, remember, you can't control the emotion, right? Like, I, I mean, I, like I used this analogy last week, but if I'm walking in the woods and a bear runs up on me, I'm going to be scared. I'm not, I probably am not shackalacking in there. I'm probably, I'm not, I'm, there's no kingdom things going on at that point in time. It's fight or flight. All day, every day. And I don't know which one I would do in that situation. Anyways. Flight. Yeah, I might. Yeah, that, they say not to do that, though. There's some. Anyways, let's not get into the bear conversation. But, <laughs> but I can't control that emotion of fear. If, 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 if I get a cancer diagnosis, I can't control an element of that fear. But we do absolutely have control over how we respond. That is the choice. And there's a mind that that receives and there's a heart that experiences. And we are the governor of which one that takes place, right? So like, so if it enters my mind, I have, I have the, I have the ability and I believe the responsibility as a kingdom son to respond accordingly to his will, which is in all things, in every circumstance, be thankful. Rejoice always. It's, it's a separation. Above all else, guard your heart. Everything that you do flows from it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Man, that's, I hope that stirs you this morning, because it stirs me. I might just say that and go on. I just, I, I know things, are, some things are swinging, <laughs> some swinging open gates. I just can feel that this, I just felt, I just feel like this is, this week, 
in the, in the natural being thanksgiving that Yahweh is just utilizing that to show us some things that he's doing for us because of our response last year. Secondly, I, wanna, I just want to say thank you to everybody that was a part of the festival last week. I hope all you came. It was incredible. It's, it, it was so, I mean, I, even chasing my boys in it, like I, I, I just felt like a pack mule with like all their bags and toys and stuff. And I'm walking around while they go and do everything. I didn't get to talk to hardly anybody, but I, re, I just enjoyed seeing family and seeing all the kids running around and enjoying that and having fun. And, um, and that was really cool. So I'm thankful, like the, the staff and multiple people in here worked super, super hard on that. So I just thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. It was amazing. That was something that I was excited about doing, and we'll definitely continue to do that um, as the years go on. So excited about that. And then we had the run, so we want to thank Pastor Jeff for the run. All y'all clapping like you were there. I'm just kidding. Man, harsh. No, so... So I, I got to clear my conscience, though, real quick. I got to clear my conscience because this man decided to, to make this announcement like, well, you know who the fastest man in the Rock of Bay County is? It's Mark. But see, because he says I, I won the race. It was, a, it, was a, it was a group race anyway, so I did not win the race. But I got to clear the air because I'm not walking around with this ridiculous title. I walk in truth, and winning, my friends, are, is relative. So here we are. It's super cold and it's super windy on this bridge. I mean freezing. Whoever was there knows exactly what I was talking about. I mean, I was frozen. I was doing jumping jacks leading up to the run, which I don't like to run in the first place. So doing jumping jacks before the run was a stretch. So I'm sitting there just trying to warm up. And then here comes Joanne and Jeff and whoever else was involved. And they pull out these bags. And here's the big surprise, everybody. You have to wear... In this run, I, I'll try to remember all the things. It was, a, it was like a Mad Hatter hat, like a pop-out hat. It's cardboard. You either had to wear that if you're on a team. You had to wear uh, a Santa Claus uh, beard on one team. On another team, you had to wear those weird like noses with the mustache and glasses and the eyebrows. Um, and then on another team, I believe it was uh, animal ears. You got to pick some animal ears. And the whole point is you had to run across the bridge looking ridiculous with the Rock of Bay County t-shirts on. Thank God it was cold that day so that we could bundle up and nobody knew. But, but so we have to go over this bridge and then come back. And then you had to, you, the, the thing was is that, so I was part of the, the Mad Hatter team with the, with the pop-up hats. And, uh, and they gave us the, the choice to, to not wear a hat because I'm talking it was like super. There's no way you're going to run across. Did anybody run across that was on that team, make it across the bridge with that hat on? No, nah, we all took it off. So here we are. I got my Mad Hatter hat, take it off, and I tuck it in my jacket. And I'm like, let's do this. Let's have a good day. Let's just run. Just enjoy ourselves. It's going to be fun. Just try to survive the cold. And so take off, and we're running and getting over the bridge. And I'm like, I'm going to push myself a little bit. I don't run. I don't like to. I used to. I've just completely gotten, I run, I run to my kids sometimes, and I want to run away from them sometimes. Um, but that's about much, as much running as I like to do. And so I'm trekking up this thing. I'm finding it hard to breathe because the wind's blowing so much in my face, and I'm just like gasping, and I'm going. And, uh, and, I, and, and Bill Bufkin is in front of me, and that's kind of like my, my beacon right there. I'm just following him. Well, he's just running, no problem, goes over the bridge. I'm trying to just keep, stay within like somewhat of striking dense, distance with him. Just like, like it would be like one of those things when people come by you, you know, other people are running, you go from to this. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah, I do this every day, no big deal. And then they pass and you're like, oh, I can breathe normal again. Oh, oh. And so I'm pulling this stuff, just sucking wind. And I get, we turn around, come back by. I'm having to do that a lot more because now here's people from the church running by and I'm like, oh, high five, but I'm really like, get me off this bridge. I'm miserable. And so we crest the bridge and we're coming down and Bill is a country mile away from me and there's no way I'm ever going to catch him. But then, you know, I've preached a lot about hope. A little hope happens. And an earbud that he had falls out of his ear. 
Now, I had already committed to myself, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm, you know, just like, you know, the dirt bike situation, like, I'm not going to do that. Not going to try to do anything, win, whatever. So Bill drops his earbud, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. Maybe, just maybe. Why is there any point that I try to win this thing? You got me. I don't know. But for some reason, I'm like, something that I thought I killed a long time ago comes, comes right back up. And I'm like, you know what? I can take him. I'm going to do it. <clears throat> so here I go, sprinting pretty much, trying to catch up to Bill. Because Bill, my friends, is a fast man. And he's just out there just enjoying it. He's probably, I mean, this is just an enjoyable day for him. But I'm like, I'm coming after you, man. I get up, I get to the, close to the end, and I actually catch him. And I'm like this. Like, here's Bill, and here's me. Like, right behind him. I'm trying to be, like, quiet. So, like, when we get to the main point, I can just bust out and run. I'm telling you, this, uh, this is revealing a lot about myself and how I think. I'm sorry. I apologize. But so I get up behind Bill. <laughs> just so ridiculous. I can't even stand it. But it was funny, and I was like, they need to hear it. So, so, so Bill is part of the, the Santa Claus group. Okay, so he's got his white beard flowing in the wind. I've got my Mad Hatter hat tucked right here, and we get to a place that I think, all right, I can do this. It's sprint time. So here I go. Bust out around Bill. Get next to him. <laughs> so ridiculous. I pull my hat out. I pop it. <laughs> and I put it on. And I say, all right, Santa, let's go. And I start to sprint. And God only knows what Bill's thinking in this moment, but I can think of a few words he probably called me in his head. Rightfully so. And so I start just sprinting, I'm oh, like coming across the line and I get there and I fall on the ground. And I'm like, <gasps> like leaving no air in the atmosphere for anybody else, just, just killing me. And here comes Bill. There I am on the ground. Hey man, that was, that was a good run. Good job. Good job. Runs on by. And I'm like looking in the view and I was like, for a moment, I was like, yeah, you know what? Good job, Mark. You worked hard. And then all of a sudden, here comes Bill back. Oh, hey, by the way, I ran 12 miles before I came here. All right. So as I said, winning, my friends, is relative. I am by no means. But I might be the most prideful person in, uh, in the rock or the most uh, ridiculous, but not the fastest. So... Anyways, and my dad's looking over at me, wondering why I'm not mentioning the fact that his team, which he knew was going to win, won. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, so, just, so, so a lot of us had fun at the run. I'm just not one of them. Okay. <clears throat> Conscious is clear and I can move on. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I want to do, and this is really serious, honestly, um, so stop laughing. Just kidding. But how incredible, and if you don't think it is, and just keep quiet, but how incredible is the new park out here? I spent the entire week going, like, while they were building it, like, oh, my God, that thing's huge. That's huge. That's not what I was thinking. It's big. It's big. It's big. It's big. It's big. And then it got finished, and it was big. But it's awesome. And I love it. And, and, uh, and we've already gotten to enjoy it on a day, you know, and, and I, want, I want everybody uh, that's a part of this, part of this house, uh, if you have kids or if you have grandkids and, you know, even if they're not here, but you come with them and you want to utilize that, if you want to do a birthday there or anything, like I want us throughout the week to be able to enjoy that and come and, and have a great time. <clears throat> so uh, the, we are going to eventually do some more things like some more fencing, um, probably some 
sun sails or something when it gets hot. Um, but for right now, it's kind of going to be like this until we get to the point that we can. So I just ask that, ev- I mean, we already, we have like uh, cameras, we can see people coming and going. And so like every single day, there's neighborhood kids going and we and we got to make sure we, we, you know, say the right things, do the right things and put up the right, you know, stuff for liability purposes. But just from this, this perspective here, just make sure if you have kids, if you have grandkids, please watch them. And please, I don't want, I would hate for someone to get hurt on those things. And people do get hurt on them. It's great, professionally done. There's nothing wrong with the equipment. But kids get a little crazy whenever they've swung enough times and they've gone down the slide enough times. Like, what else can we do? Well, let's climb to the top and jump off. So... <clears throat> So just watch your kids. Don't just let them run out there and, and do the whole thing. So, but, but I'm so, I'm so happy about that park. And really to me, I, I, I've said that, that whole thing, the money for that, everything came from our fruits, our first fruits at that time where we said that we were going to sow into the next generation. And we gave a ridiculous amount of money into this thing. It was shocked me. And so we were able to do something great like this and other things. And, uh, <clears throat> And it was, it's so much about legacy to me. It's so much about the next generation and making sure that this, this, what we do here is really my focus is them, right? Like this is going to be great for all of us, but I just hope to like, I hope to just stir something that like, I want my kids to know what it sounds like to hear their daddy pray, hear their mommy pray, to hear, to, to see faith and hope in them in uncommon ways because What's that going to do to their grandchildren? And just as this thing carries on. And so when, I, when we make moves based on the next generation, it's such a powerful thing. I don't think you can go wrong in that. And so, uh, so I think it's, it's awesome. And, you know, where a lot of this, where we learned it is from F. Nolan Ball and Shirley Ball, Right? That's where we learn this stuff. This isn't Mark Gerlez revelation or even Damon Thompson revelation. This came from Apostle F. Nolan Ball and Shirley Ball and their commitment to the kingdom and the legacy and the generations to come. And I so honor them and thank them. It, you know, it, when, I'm, when I'm thankful for things, Ms. Shirley, I'm, uh, you're right there with everything. When I'm talking about the storm and all that kind of stuff, I'm thankful for you and Apostle and the decisions you've made. And, and, and Eva and I being in this place have, has opened our eyes to so much more of what others don't really see behind the scenes. And I just, I, I, with so much opposition that you stepped, that you came against and had to pioneer. I'm not a pioneer. I get, I get to reap in the benefits of you guys being a pioneer. And we as a family get to reap in that of what you laid down and what you, you know, cut through. And so I'm so thankful for that and for you guys and what all you've done in this house. And that allows us to do things for the next generation and carry that mentality. So it was in my heart it might not be a big deal. It's not this huge whatever, and it's kind of silly in some ways, but, but I wanted to, to make this park dedicated to F. Nolan and Shirley Ball. And so what we're going to do is we're making a plaque that's going to be out there all the time. It's going to look like this. It's called the Ballpark. It says this, it says, the ballpark dedicated to F. Nolan and Shirley Ball. And then it has a quote from Apostle, and it says, I do not want Yahweh to have to start over after I'm gone. I want to walk out his purpose in the earth. I want to carry the ball down here and give it to another generation. I do not want the next generation to have to go back where Nolan Ball started. I want them to get on my shoulders and stand and see the horizon expand farther than they ever dreamed. F. Nolan Ball. So I cleared that with Miss Shirley, and she said that we should, uh, <laughs> hilarious, on the phone, I'm like talking to her, and I'm just wondering what she's going to feel about all this, and she, she says, yeah, we should play uh, Take Me Out to the Ballpark and pass out Cracker Jacks. <laughs> oh, man. But she's honored by it and, uh, and thankful for it. And so it's just, it's such, sometimes when you do something, you don't realize the impact it's going to have for generations to come. And, uh, and there's a lot of opinions about uh, 
what Nolan and Shirley Ball did and how they did it and what their purpose in the earth and all these kinds of things and everybody has their opinion and I want to, as a family, always just show the truth and show, and show honor to, to what came before us and, and then honor what is coming after us. So it's not about us, right? But he makes it about us. When we make it about him, he makes it about us. So let's open our Bibles to, uh, to Matthew 5. I'm going to read out the Passion Translation, but I think it's close enough that you can read out of any translation. I've been saying for a little while that I believe that <clears throat> I believe we're we're in a in a new day. Like, and this isn't to me like, or, or not not that we're just in a new day. I've been so excited about the end of 2019. I've said this multiple times, and I'm so excited. Like, everybody's got a real big focus on 2020 and how big and monumental all these things are going to be, and there's a lot of prophets that say things, and a lot of, I I just, I'm not caught in all of that. Even people that I'm joined to and close to, like, really on that about 2020. But I am so, Yahweh has me in such a place of, like, right now, and 2019 and what and not missing what all he has for us in this year and what all he's doing and the in the things he needs to take place here to propel us into something else and so like my my gaze my focus everything that I have is right here and right now and I, I just I feel such a stirring of of a something amazing happening I don't just say that to like like that's preacher talk to make sure that everybody's still excited about what we're doing it, it's not that it's more the fact that I start to see a change in equipping in myself there's so many transitions that Yahweh's taking my heart through the way I approach things, the way I see things, some guards coming down. We've talked so much about love. We've talked so much about Ahava, the, the giving of love. And, and, and it's, it's such a, it's such a, uh, it, to me, it's a, it's like this, like lights, like saying like something's changing, something I'm equipping you for a different day for something new. So that is why I don't, I don't just come and say this like, oh, let me give you a prophetic thing that's going to, you know, we're going to all make millions of dollars next year. We're all going to do this. It's not this kind of a thing. It's a, it's a, I, from personal experiences, am starting to experience some transition and changes in the way I think and the way my heart thinks about me in this house, the way that my that my that my heart receives and and gives and and I and I know that Yahweh is doing something amazing in this time and I I absolutely am a part here and just want to be a part here and I I wouldn't want to be anywhere else on the planet right now and I I was thinking about the story of very familiar of Elijah and Elisha which everybody knows, right? But Elijah is with Elisha and they're walking and, and he asks Elisha, he says, what, what, what can I do for you in this time? You know, I'm about to be taken up. So what, what is it that you would like? And, uh, and Elisha in all his humility and meekness says, I want twice of what you got. So he, he says, I want twice. I want double of what you've got. You know how you like rolled up your cloak over there and you slapped the water and the Jordan parted like twice. I want two of that. I want double. And so then this is a crazy thing is that Elijah responds like this. And I've always thought of it one way, but I'm kind of thinking of it a different way, especially as it pertains to this day. But Elijah says, you've asked a difficult thing. And I've hear a lot of people say, well, yeah, I mean, how do you give two of, of what you only have one of what how do you how do you give more of what you have and that's a Yahweh Yahweh can only do those things so he's like saying you've asked a difficult thing but if you look if you see me when I go when I'm taken by the whirlwind then then you can have it but I don't think maybe he was saying that but also maybe Elijah is saying you don't know exactly what you've asked for son like it could have been more one of those things of, of to whom much is given, much is required. It could have been more of a testing of the shoulders and why, and explain why Elisha has to go through the test that he actually has to go through afterwards. So he's saying, you've asked a difficult thing, 
of me. And you've asked a difficult thing that I want to make sure that you know what you're walking into. And so when I, that's why I take this day so seriously. I don't just go, yeah, joy and peace and hope and it's great. I see a requirement. I see my shoulders needing to be worked out a little bit and to make sure. See, Yeshua or, or, or Yahweh is not, it's not this process of, of testing in the sense of judgment and like, are you going to trip and fall? It's, it's, a, it's an equipping to say, Look, if, if this is what we're going into, if this is what I want to see, make sure you're ready and that you can have the focus and awareness and the things that you'll need to carry this type of anointing. You want to carry double of what I have. And I'm telling you what I carried before. There's, there's, a, there's an equal measure of, of anointing and weight. And if you aren't ready for the weight, this will kill you. This will burden you so much that you absolutely can't bear it. And so I, so I believe that he says, you've asked a difficult thing. And we don't know all that was said in that moment, but I, I just will add myself some things that he, that he would have said was what Elijah might have been thinking in a statement like that is saying, I, I, you're great. I don't know if you're ready to carry this. I, I'm not sure about that. And I don't want to see something terrible take place in your life. And so when Yahweh starts to move a family and a people into something new, a new day, when he starts to make announcements and things, he starts to shift this heart and change his heart. And the best thing we can do is just do this. Don't close off our, well, nope, 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 no, nope, no. Nope. That's not how it was done. That's not how I do things. Like this, it's to go, I'm going to be tender and open and you do what you got to do. Walk me through what I need to walk through, whether that be a Cat 5 hurricane or, or uh, walking through a cancer situation or whatever it might be to, to, to prepare me, to give me the shoulders, to give me the, the, the stability and the focus and the care in order to carry this thing properly and effectively in this land. So I, I don't know that you're ready for this. is a difficult thing you've asked. And he, so he says, if you see me when I'm carried up by the whirlwind, then you can have double. And Elisha is in this place of already, do you realize like Elisha talks about he was already following Elijah like a hawk. Elijah was trying to get rid of him all this time. And he's like, hey, dude, stay right here. Hey, I'll be right back in a second. I got to go to Bethel. Uh, You'll be good. I'll be good. I need a break. And he's like, there's no way I'm letting you out of my sight. He already brought that. And then, you know what Elisha or Elijah says is he says, if you see me when I go up. So he already had a measure of what he needed. He, Elisha already walked in some of this stuff. This was just who he was. He wasn't letting this man out of his sight. But then it things, it goes, I know you've done this. This way, I'm asking for an uncommon amount of focus. You might be a man of focus on me. You might have my heart, but I'm asking for, some, I'm, there's something that needs to shift. I need you to shift again and not think you have it. And I need you to see me when I go up. If it wasn't something great, he would never have had to say it because that's what Elisha walked in already. But there was cause for him to say something like that, that something great was coming and I need you to stay focused on the vision. I need you to stay focused on me because that is what, that's the test Yahweh is giving. He's testing this heart and making sure that this heart is ready to carry something, to carry something into a new time, into a new day. And so when he comes in and, and this, the, the chariots of fire and horses on fire come through in between Elisha and Elijah, think about, I mean, we, we, I, listen, I know we know this story. Hear it again for today. He comes, this hor- these horses and this chariot comes flying in. And there's a song that says, and he takes them up. You know, no, he didn't go. He went up in the whirlwind. So he comes between him. I mean, you, I don't know how big Elisha was or how big this thing was, but, you know, he might have been doing one of these things. And then the whirlwind starts to take Elijah up, and Elisha was prepared in such a way that he knew a new day was coming, and he knew a new amount of focus and a new heart in order to carry this anointing was being placed on him. And he kept his eyes focused on what was happening to Elijah, like he was said, and he says, my father, my father. He's recognizing these things, the chariots, and the horses of Israel, he recognizes them, but he's watching in an uncommon amount of focus because he wants an uncommon anointing. He wants to walk in double of what Elijah had, so it requires a whole lot more. 
right? That's why I believe that what he was saying is, you've asked a difficult thing, my friend. But if you want to walk into this, to me, this explains for us, for this people, for this house, some of the things, some of the things throughout the years that we've asked for, that we've just desired and that we want, and we want to see some things. We want to walk into a place where miraculous things take place, where the real presence of Yahweh is, is absolutely present, where, where we walk in such an, an anointing that people just come in contact with us and are healed or, or feel the presence of Yahweh. These things are not common today, though they should be. But as we ask for this stuff, as we ask to walk saturated into the presence, we got to under, understand that there is a new, a new level, a new degree of focus on him and what he's calling us to and, and how, we, how we approach things. So that is why I say that, we're, that I believe we're walking into a new day. It's going to require something different. So it's not all sunshine and ra- rainbows, though it is. It, we, need to, we need to understand the focus. And if you see Yahweh, if you feel Yahweh calling you to do something a little more uncommon, embrace that. It's happening in my life and in my wife's life where things that do not make sense. I've said this, but do not make sense. I, that does not line up at all with the trajectory of my life and how this thing's supposed to go. I, that does not make sense. And I'm telling you today, do that. It's of Holy Spirit in this family because right now it, it, there's, there's something uncommon coming to this house and there's an uncommon amount of, of focus that's needed in the heartbeat of the Father. And so Yahweh's given me things, scriptures, different things that I feel like he's showing me and it's showing me that my heart is being transformed. And one of these is in Matthew 5, verse 43. <clears throat> and it says this, it says, your, your ancestors have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the ones who hate you. However, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly Father. He is kind to all, bringing the sunrise to warm uh, and rainfall to refresh, whether a person does what is good or evil. What reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Don't even the tax collectors do that. How are you any different from others if you limit your kindness only to your friends? Don't even the ungodly do that. Since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, you are to be perfect like him. We've read that. I think like so many times I read something, I'm like, yep, I've heard that. I know that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I see it again. Oh, I see it again. And let me just break this down, why this is important. I love how it starts out with this. Your ancestors have also been taught to love your neighbors and hate the one who hates you. Meaning, I know this is embedded in your culture. I know that this is how you see things today. I know that the response, the natural response is going to be this. Lately, and I hadn't even read this, honestly, I hadn't, this isn't where this came up, but for the past probably month or two, you've noticed, like, I have felt the desire to pray over people that I know oppose this house. And, and it's not like we have all these people out there, like, with pitchforks trying to, it's not that. There's, there's, I don't need to get into explanation, but anybody that might misunderstand what happened in transition, what happened, you know, after the hurricane, how we do things, whatever it might be that there, even whenever you go to someone and you say, you know, hey, I go to the rock and they, okay, you know, like all of those things, like I just have felt this heart to, to pray for them and not in a prayer of like, Yahweh, let them see how I see, you know, and that is when we read this, we're like, let me pray for them. Yahweh, please make them a Republican. Yahweh, please. <laughs> Yahweh, please let them see how I see things. Like, whatever, like we, we kind of do that, but he's not saying that he, because that doesn't do anything. 
Your your ancestors have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the one who hates you. However, I say to you, love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. This, my friends, is ahava. Hav is the root word of that word, which it's a Hebrew word that means to give. In, in, In other words, the only way to truly love when it talks about loving your neighbor, it talks about loving Yahweh, like is to be able to give. It requires something of you. It's not just like an emotional, I love you. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a deep thing. However, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond. Remember what I said. You don't have an option of if, if something pops up and you get mad at somebody, you get mad at some situation, you get mad at how things deal with, but you do have the ability and you have the responsibility to respond as a son. This gets deep, so if you, guys are, if you guys are falling asleep on me, wake up, because I'm telling you this is good. Respond to the very ones who persecute you by doing what? Praying for them. That was resounding. Praying for them. For that, this is why, okay? This is why. Just like thanks, how do you find the will of Yahweh? Well, it tells you. One of the biggest parts of the will of Yahweh is that you, be, you, 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 uh, you, you give praise, that you, that, you, that you pray always, that you get, give thanksgiving, that these things, uh, that you always rejoice, that's what I was looking for, that you rejoice always, that you pray continually, that you ha- give thanksgiving in all circumstances. This is the will of Yahweh for your life. This is powerful to me that this identifies an element of the sun right here because Let's read it again. However, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them, for that will reveal your identity as children of the Heavenly Father. So you know this week when you were in your prayer closet praying for Nancy Pelosi, but the reason I say that is, is, is to, it's, it's partially to make you laugh, but it's also to change the way you think. It's also to change the way that you think. This is not the day of the sword. This is a new day, and it requires new tools. It requires a new way of looking at things. It requ- I know, I know, it's like, I know that, I sa- I know that it says that the, the, the kingdom suffers violent, and the violent take it by force. But it also says, unless you receive, not take, unless you receive the kingdom like a child, you'll never enter in. There's, new, there's a new thing he needs today. And there's a new heart and there's a new love and there's a new thing. And to me, it's relieving and it's weighty and it's tough and it's easy and it's amazing all at the same time. And if we as a people will receive what he's trying to give us, I think some miraculous, life-changing things are gonna happen right here on this land. And in your own life and in your own families, because he's trying to show, he's trying to show us something here. We spend our days swinging a sword with veins popping out of our necks because someone's done us wrong or because the system's messed up or Donald Trump didn't do it. I don't. It's all corrupt. Don't lay your, don't, you know what you're doing in that moment is you're not, you're not bring, you're not making uh, the, the, the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. You're recognizing earthly things, which scripture says is actually making you uh, against God. It puts you against him by having a carnal way of thinking. And so, yeah, it's just Thanksgiving, Right? And yeah, it's just prayer, right? Like we do these things. Yeah, we do these things, but not to the degree of what he's telling us right now. And so he's saying, why is, why is the will and all that stuff tied into, he, he, it, there's a recognition of the fact that in order to have this degree of thanksgiving in your life, your mind is gonna have to be renewed. In order for you to have the degree of thanksgiving that I need you to have, you literally going to have to change the way you think. You're going to have to be completely transformed. And there's going to be a setting apart. And it's not going to be setting apart because, well, you know what? I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't cuss. I don't do these things. 
It's so much deeper than that. I'm, I, I believe in these people that believe, uh, that, that believe the right thing and these people believe the wrong thing, so they're wrong and this is what it looks like. That sets me apart. That's not what sets you apart. What sets you apart are things like this. However, I say you have a walk in a heart like this. However, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you and respond to the very one who persecutes you by praying for them. For that will reveal your identity as children of the heavenly father. Do you know that the earth in Romans is waiting for the, but it says this, it says this, it says that they have an eager, the earth has an eager anticipation or what would we say the joyful expectation expectation. The earth has hope in the suns. The earth is not groaning and golly, this, come on, this wicked generation. No, it's, it's on tiptoe, this translation says, on tiptoe with hope in its, in its earthly, whatever you would say, it's itself and its being. It has hope that the suns are being revealed and it's redeeming this thing. So if it's waiting for hope and then all of a sudden we start to speak about praying for our enemy, you see the impact that this could take, that could have on this actual earth, this planet that we stand on when we've spent our days swinging our sword, trying to make this earth and planet agree with what we need it to agree with. Instead, if it says that we pray, that we have thanksgiving, that we bless our enemies, that we pray over, that we give to the things that come against us, that Yahweh steps in, that that swings open a gate and the earth goes, wait a second, that looks a lot like Yeshua. Wait a second, that, that's what I remember. I remember that he invited people to his table that everybody else was spitting on. I remember that he, that he it's, not a, the matter, it's not a matter that he, he invited them to the table, right? It's not that he just became them. It's that he had, a, he had such an element of love within him that he knew that all they need is an encounter with him. That they might come to the table one way, but they're leaving different. And that's why it's our job as people to not completely close. Remember, I say, don't lower your standards. Just lower the gates. Lower the guards. Because he's got this. He, above all, above all else, guard your hearts, Right? The thing that does that is the peace that passes all understanding. It says, be anxious for nothing through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving in your hearts. Just give it all to him. And the peace that passes all understanding, his peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Focus on that. But we don't need to put up the guard. He's guarding us. His peace, seeking him, going after him and his heart and revealing, like we are meant to be the image bearers. And so don't, we got to know what that looks like. And it doesn't look like being a good person on the earth. It looks like transforming your mind into how heaven sees things. And to being that tikva, that rope, the cord that brings heaven. Yes. So that's why I just, it, it's so powerful. And it, so he is kind to, to all by bringing the sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh, whether a person does what is good or evil. And you're sitting there waiting for them to trip up and fail so that there's justification in your heart. I say that because I walk through the same thing. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm a human being and I see things and I get frustrated and I think those same thoughts. But I'm thinking them a lot less these days. He will justify. Whether that lines up with how I think or not, he, he justifies. And I, it could be as simple that I'm called to give thanks and love. <laughs> I think it just got too hard for people to really do that effectively, the way that they had to get something else. Got to come for a new mysterious something to make it seem right. And I just feel him pulling us back to this thing. And saying, okay, if you want a new day, if you want to live in something new, if you want to walk in something new, I'm going to require something completely different in your life. What reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Don't even the tax collectors do that. How are you any different from others if you limit your kindness only to your friends? Don't even the ungodly do that. 
Remember I said setting yourself apart? (laughs) This is how a son sets himself apart. This is how you're not conformed to the world. Not because you behave like a good old Christian. Not saying, again, not trying to lower your standards. I'm just trying to say, see it the right way. See what he's actually saying here. And he says, since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, you are to be perfect like him. In other words, if you serve that father, you should look like that father. Imperfect, it means this in Greek and Aramaic. It means perfect can also mean whole, complete, fully mature, lacking nothing, all-inclusive, and well-rounded. That's what perfect means. So it's not, well, I just look the part. Take off the mask and become perfect. Let's go after the things that actually mean something, that actually produce fruit. They will know you by your fruit. I don't want anybody to know me by my hate or some of the things that might enter my mind or the frustration because I just want this heart to continue to be transformed and molded into what it should be so that that is what flows out of me in my words, in my being, in who I am, that I am recognized by this earth, by all those around me as a son of Yahweh. How's everybody doing? It's 12 o'clock. I have so much more here. I'm not going to get to. Remember when the, uh, the religious leader tries to trip up Yeshua and he says, what's the greatest commandments? The greatest commandment, not plural greatest commandment. And Yeshua has this approach where he's like, yeah, I'll humor this, I'll play. But I'm about to, I'm about to change the way you think real quick. Because Yeshua, he knew what was up. He knew how to handle situations. I don't know if y'all knew this, but he's pretty great. <clears throat> quite, quite a wise man. But he says to this, this Pharisee, he says, to love your God, to love Yahweh with your whole heart, soul, body, and mind, the entirety of your being, love him. They're like, all right, that's pretty good. I'm not finished. Because I also want to tell you that you have to love your neighbor like you love yourself. Neighbor being the ones closest to you. A lot of people mistranslate that and think that means your actual family. It actually means the ones that Yahweh puts in your realm. So you can limit it to just your family, but you're going to stay right there in that realm of influence. But, but he, he, those that are closest to you, that you open your heart to and let people in and that you say, man, I, Yahweh, you show me. Show me who I need to be, where I need to be effective. And he starts to join you to these families and this source that flows and you have what I need and I have what you need and we just work beautifully together and we start to pray for people that are traveling and that we say that we just bless you and ask that there's protection and a renewing of your mind as you travel this week and that we, and that we stand in the gap for people and that we see things the way that he sees because he starts to say, look, there's a son that doesn't have this hate, doesn't have this fight, doesn't have these things in his heart that I know aren't recognized by the earth in the, in the first place. Like I'm gonna continue to test this one and mold this one and change but all of a sudden there starts to be a company of people there starts to be a family that's allowed their heart to open up and in a day of a storm said I'm thankful and I just believe that the earth starts to go wait a second and I believe that the father's heart starts to stir And I think that that's why you can start to expect some things today that you couldn't expect yesterday. But it requires a a, a change. It requires a difference in approach. It requires you, you're not going to be anxious for nothing if you spend your days worrying about the wrong things. You're not going to be anxious for nothing if you lower yourself down to a down to a fight that you're not meant to fight. I know where I stand on issues. 
I know where I stand I'm with my standards and everything like that, but I'm stop, I'm, I'm, I've stopped judging people accordingly to that, according to that. That's my truth. That's where I walk. And that's where Yahweh has me to fulfill some things in my life. And I feel like the standards should be increasing in people's lives in this day. I think it requires it to be, uh, there to be a, a, an increase in standard, but I, I don't carry the fact that I need to decide that for you or for someone else. I come with love. And how can I serve? And how can I give of myself? And how can I, what challenges my mind? And let me go for that. To pray for Nancy Pelosi could really challenge your mind. And to pray for some of those people that you look at and you're like, you're wrong, that ain't right. Instead of pulling out that, see, I find myself, like, I don't think I have a, like, I carry the sword a lot these days, but I do find myself back in my room sharpening it some. You know what I'm saying? Just in case, just in case, I need to lop off a head and make sure this thing's sharp. And I spend time that should have been spent in devotion and should have been spent in a time of making my heart more tender to the Father. And I sit there and I start to sharpen my blade for something that isn't effective in this world anymore. I might as well be sitting there spinning my thumbs. Our lack of our ability to receive the tools and the things that he gives us doesn't change, doesn't, doesn't, Yahweh doesn't go, okay, well, we'll just change the, we'll change the rules here. Remember, Elijah told Elisha, he said, if you see me when I go up, then you can have it. But if you don't, you can't. It's not, it's not a condemn. Would Elisha walk in great glory and do amazing things? I believe so. But he wouldn't have the double anointing that he asked for. It's not this curse against Elisha because he didn't see him when he goes up or something like that. And, and that's how we care. We always, is it Yahweh's up there, you know, putting these rules and things out here to see if we trip up. Man, I failed because I cussed that guy out the other day because he made me so mad. Like, no, it's not that. He, he's not, that's not how the father sees us. He, he sees us in love and he, he, he loves us and he is just like the earth standing, waiting for the sons to start to be revealed. And I'm telling you this morning, his heart is being stirred because I think he's really going, there's a people getting it. There's people getting this. There's people that aren't pushing away what was done, but they're standing on a foundation and seeing the horizon expand further than they could ever have dreamed. And they're saying, I want the double. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get it. I'm going to stop there this morning. Let's stand. Man, I wish I'd have gotten to some of this stuff, but it's okay. We got plenty of time. We're not in any rush. So I want you to leave this morning with this. Rejoice always. Stay in communion with the Father. Continually pray. And be thankful in every circumstance. And understand that that is the will of Yahweh for our lives. If you've got a big decision, big thing coming up, or you don't know where to go, understand this. Just be thankful. Okay? Understand that you need to be thankful and you need to, you need to take the anxiety and push it aside, that you just need to receive the, the, a new element of thanksgiving that maybe you haven't seen. You might have been thankful before. You might have had joy before. You might have had peace before. This is a new day. And this is what Yahweh's will for our life is. And then the second thing I want to say to you is your identifier as a son requires you to take what you thought was right, let it die. Let it die. Paul says, I die daily. His mercies are new every single morning, but that's like me telling my kids that the breakfast is ready. They can come, 
They usually don't, but they could come because it's there. His mercies are new every morning. It is your step towards those mercies. It's your ability to be aware of his presence in your life. It's your ability to seek ye first the kingdom and let everything flow out of that. It's our ability. It's about our response in our life. So I just declare over this people this week that they're in this day of Thanksgiving, there's an un, uncommon just incredible amount of thanksgiving rising up in their hearts because of their response in a day that really did not did not uh, warrant thanksgiving that thanksgiving was given and that this is starting to to change the atmosphere in which we walk in there's so much more available that Yahweh you put more thanksgiving in their heart see hope see hope in a new light a joyful expectation for good is rising up within us, Yahweh. And I just ask that you bless the families that they're joined to, that they walk in, that you bless the, 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 the people that they come in contact with and let us find a new love, a new ahava that we've never known. Make us tender towards other hearts, not guarded. Let us pray for our enemies and be manifested and identified as a son. Set us apart, Father. Declare this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.